This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. From Christianity Today, this is The Art of Pastoring. I'm Jared Wilson. And I'm Ronnie Martin. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. Ronnie Martin, how are you, brother? <laughs> What's up, Jared C? Is this our intro? Are we doing our intro? I right think now? this is the intro. Okay. All right. I Thank like it. So. This, is, uh, this is the art of pastoring. This is the artistic side of the art of pastoring. It's very artful. We don't even know how to start the podcast. Fumbling our own podcast intro, yeah. right? That's, yeah. Well, that's all right. I mean, we're here. All, all people want to know is that we're here and we're getting ready to start this thing. Before we begin, hey, I just want to say thank you to Christianity Today Magazine and CT Pastors. Man, they are the ones hosting and supporting this new pod, and we're excited about that relationship. We thank them. We also want to thank you guys, our listeners, for logging in every week. We've just been really excited to do this, to encourage you. We've been encouraged in the process. So this has been really... You know what I noticed? Yeah. So I know the last time I looked, and by the time this comes out, it, it may be different, but we had 41 reviews. I do Apple Podcasts, which I know is not the most popular means of podcasting anymore. Yeah. But we had 41 reviews. It's amazing. Which is pretty good yeah. <laughs> for a new podcast. All of them, 100% five stars. What? 41 reviews, a hundred percent five star review. Well, now some smart Alex is going to get on there and give us. I like know a someone's going to hear this and be like, yeah. "Oh yeah," and they're going to go, "Here's your, th- you know, three stars." Right? Buddy, they want to be talking about. Yeah, it. they want to be the pioneer of the two star for us. Yeah, which is fine. We know that there's yeah. sinners out there who act like that. But, yeah, but man, I thought that was pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's pretty so awesome. So people actually people actually like this thing. Yeah, I know it's strange, huh? Do we do we like this thing? I think that's, that's the question that we got to ask. I think ourselves. so. Today, today, I'm feeling it. Yes, and that is that's, that's our topic for today. That's by my the way. Man, what, a, what a transition, man. Um, it's hey, it's the art. It's of the pastoring. art of pastoring. Well, today we are talking about ministry when you're not feeling it. Once more, with feeling, and we're talking about some of just those days. In those minutes and those hours when you have to do what you're doing, when there's absolutely everything inside of you that wishes you were doing anything else but that. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, we can say that about every, anybody can say that about their job or their vocation. We have days when we are, are doing this thing and we just are not feeling it. And it can be due to a variety of things. There is something, though, I would say, as we're starting out here, there's something very peculiar about ministry in the sense that if we are doing things without feeling these things, man, we're, we're battling with some something internally inside of us that says, hey, I'm feeling guilty now because I'm lacking faithfulness or authenticity or I'm, I'm, I'm lacking a sense of truth about what I'm doing. When in reality, we just have days when, man, our head and our heart is just not there, right? Yeah, you know, I think it's really kind of part and parcel with the way, especially in America, we do Christianity mm. 
in 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 general yeah which is we don't really have a category for not feeling it we have such a rah-rah kind of evangelical culture inspirational yeah man like if, if if you're not you know yeah if you're not killing it if you're not you know working it if you don't have a, a smile on your face if you're not on you know just on top of the world at every moment we wonder is there something wrong with you is there something wrong with your faith and I mean, you can go even a, a little bit deeper in, in how a lot of evangelicals talk within church cultures, especially about things like depression. And yeah. we just struggle even with the category of it, you know, and we have this kind of just snap out of it mentality. So I can imagine when pastors are going through a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad season, yeah, they begin to think, gosh, does this mean I'm not called? Does this mean... I'm not even a Christian. What's wrong with me that I don't feel that I'm running at 10 every single day? But it's that's just life. Like no one can live life like that, right? Yeah, I think so. And I but I think one of the difficult things about pastoring in general is that it because it's so related to call, we tend to think of it as being something that our emotions are supposed to just match up with our abilities, the, the way that we task orient ourselves. And that if it's not, we feel, you know, we start to question that or, or we start to think that, man, I, I'm being exposed now as a fraud and, and people are looking at me and they're seeing right through that. I'm not really a pastor. I, I really should be doing something else. And I know, and it, you know, speaking about, you know, let's just talk about some categories. Let's talk, let's start with preaching. And I know, especially with, with something like preaching that can really tweak with a lot of dudes in the sense that, man, there are mornings where you are like the last thing in the world I want to do is step up onto that platform and have yeah. to deliver a message. And it can be for a hundred different reasons. You know, it can be because I, man, I, you know, this is one of those weeks I had barely any time to prep and I feel bad about that. Like, man, this is, you know, I'm, I, am, I, am I being faithful? I just didn't have the hours that I usually have to put into this. And I'm, for whatever reason, for a variety of reasons. So I, I'm now battling with guilt. Like I didn't really do the best job that I could as I'm going into the pulpit because I didn't spend the time. And so I'm, I'm going in there and feeling unprepared, but then I'm also battling not just with lack of preparation, but just this sense of inner guilt because these people are, you know, they're trusting me to be faithful. And I don't know that I've been faithful when in reality, you just have one of those weeks, right? Yeah. You know, for me, the the preaching sort of doldrums happened on on kind of the bookends of the of the week. Mm, so it's yeah. Monday morning. You just you just left it all out on the field the Sunday before. Yeah, and then it's Monday morning, and I always worked Monday. So you talk about not feeling it. You know, doing ministry when you don't feel it. That's Monday, and I would work that day. Yeah, and I was in pretty early actually, and it was my longest day. Mm. Um, I, I I always had a meeting on Monday night. But I would print out the text that I'm going to preach, and I'm just looking at this this piece of paper with a text on it. And man, like if you're not, you know, neck deep in it, and you're exhausted already, the intimidation factor of yeah. just like, how am I going to preach this? Like, where am I going to get the passion from? But then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you're normally doing your prep, right? So you're yeah. really focusing on it. That's you're like, oh man, I just can't wait to get there. But then. When it would happen again, and it, and it wasn't often, but Sunday morning when you're getting ready to preach it, if I'm not feeling it, it's because something happened over the weekend, right? Yeah. There was some crisis or 
somebody was upset with me or I got in a fight with the wife on Saturday night or something like that. And it's not resolved yeah. Sunday morning. Um, and you're, you're like, ah, I got to go preach, you know, and I, with this dark cloud kind of hanging over me, that's when it usually kicked in for me. And, yeah. and it was like the last place I wanted to be was in that pulpit. I just wanted to kind of go hide, but you got to do it right. I mean, you, you have to, this is something I say to my seminary students all the time when they're not turning in work and they're making excuses about things. I was like, look, you can't show up on Sunday morning. Like right. you know, you're training for ministry here. You can't say, Hey, it, you know, it was a rough week. I just didn't prepare anything. Right. But you better have something. Yeah. You better have something, whether you're feeling it or not. What are your thoughts on that? Like, is something diminished in the preaching if you're not feeling it? Because I kind of think there might be, but I, I don't want to steer you in any particular direction. What's diminished if, if you're not feeling it? It's going to affect uh, guys in different ways based on their personalities and um, and and how are you, they, are you saying that some preachers sound like they never feel it? Is that it, what you're saying? Yeah, I was trying to be nice about that, right? Some preachers are just they're lecturing every week and they feel like yeah, they're okay. never feeling it. Yeah, but for those, you know, for for the uh, you know for the five percent that are up there and do feel it, <laughs> I'm joking. But I think that it's kind of how we approach anything in life is that we want our we want our feelings to match our output or influence our our output. And um, sometimes we are just in a particular kind of a doldrum when we enter the pulpit. So for me, I'll just talk personally about that. So I'm an Enneagram four, if you know, whether you're into the Enneagram or not. So which means I'm very feely and I'm very, <laughs> my, my emotions are, they're affected very easily. I'm one of these guys that can very much not feel it within like a second. So I can be feeling great. And then I wake up on Sunday and literally I could have woken up just on the wrong side of the bed you know, switch sides at some point in the middle of the night, right? And I wake up and, and it's been a great week. Everything went well and I'm just not feeling it. So I can be, I'm just very like easily affected emotionally. And so when I go into the pulpit on a Sunday morning, I can initially feel like, oh man, I just, man, for whatever reason, I'm feeling a lot of vulnerability right now. I'm feeling unprepared. My mind is not on this, it's on that. And then what I found is that there's a lot of times in those moments when I get, you know, I, I pray, I say, Lord, you're going to, you're always going to need to help me, but I, man, I just, I need you to intervene and I'll get up there and then I'll find that even though I wasn't necessarily feeling it, he gives me something in that moment to where I find some kind of clarity with the sermon and I find some kind of energy that wasn't there. And I really feel like the spirit is at work in that moment. And so what I found most often is that when I'm not feeling it, if I'm just honest before the Lord and say, you know, the week I've had, I, I don't need to try to hide this from you. And the people are never going to know the week that I've, I've had as I'm stepping up to the pulpit, but give me a certain kind of vulnerability. Give me a, a, a particular kind of openness. Give me some wisdom that I'm lacking. And I feel like whenever I've prayed that God has given me some of that, and it might not be the sermon that I walk away from going like, yeah, that's the one. That's one of my greatest hits. But he always does, he does work. He acts in those, in those particular times when I'm just, I'm not all there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the grace of God, right? That his ability to transform anyone, to impact anyone isn't based on our emotionality or yeah. the, you know, our passion. It's based on the power of the gospel and, and you know, the power of the word. So on that level, it's, it's good. Like if you're not quote unquote feeling it, 
Yeah. But you're preaching the word. It it can and will have its uh, you know appointed effect among those who hear. But I do think that the Holy Spirit condescends to use our passion. Yes. And so For if sure. you're not, yeah, I mean, I define preaching as proclamation that exalts in the exposing of the glory of God in Christ. And I'm pulling from Ezra, reading from the book of the law in, oh, yeah. in Nehemiah and, yeah. and, and different places like that, where there's a sense of worship. It's an act of worship. Hmm. Well, people go to church without without feeling it, and they sing the songs without feeling it. And there's a conviction, I think, that runs deeper than how you feel yeah. in, in the moment. And certainly the Psalms speak to that. You can praise the Lord without feeling on top of the world. Yeah. And in fact, it's when you're kind of in the ditch, in the pit, that sometimes the worship is more sincere than it is when you're you know feeling you know super happy and super positive. And I, I think preaching can do that. Yeah, and I wanted to, and I want to, I want to hit off that for a minute because I think that's super, super important. Because what we do when we go into the pulpit and we we look out on a congregation is we do make assumptions. I think we make good assumptions. We assume that people are coming in tired, they're coming in disappointed, discouraged, disillusioned. Man, they faithfully got up, got dressed, put clothes on their kids, stuffed some cereal down their throats and, and got to church, right? Yeah, I know that's gruesome the way I described yeah, that, huh? Yeah. So we, we look out on them and we think, so I'm here to deliver a message that's going to speak into all of those things that these people are feeling and going through. It's interesting to me that we don't automatically put ourselves into that same camp as they are, you know? And I think it would be more helpful for us to, to see ourselves is not just bestowing something upon them that we don't need equally as much ourselves. And exactly what you just said, going into a morning where you're feeling just a little more discouraged and disappointed, it, it's not that you would desire that or that you would, you would seek to embody that every time you walk into the pulpit, but why not think of those moments when you're not feeling it as being divinely ordered? And those are the times when your people are going to see something in you that is far more Christ-like in its output than you would have, man. When you, when you go up there and you just feel great, you're having a great morning, you like what you what you prepared, and those are those are good mornings too, and they're effective. I don't know that we should think that there should be a disparity between the two, right? Yeah, and it's loving, isn't it, to to do you know to serve others when you're not feeling a particular way. Mm-hmm. That's you know, proof of, of the love. If you're only serving, if you're only demonstrating when you feel the love or when you feel the passion, then it's not really love. It's the same as in our relationships. Yeah. You're not in the honeymoon every every phase of married life. And there are times when you are quote unquote feeling it and times where you're not, but you still love. The call is there to love and to serve. And that's how you know the love is real that it's 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 being demonstrated it's being worked out apart from whatever emotionality is is there and i think that's true for ministry as well is i have a flock to feed yeah. and regardless of the fact that i'm not bouncing off the walls with joy here in this moment <laughs> right i still love them and yeah. i'm i'm going to i'm going to feed them i'm i'm going to do you know the service here to deliver this to them This episode is brought to you by Church Salary. Coming up with a reasonable salary range for church staff has never been easy. 
There are so many details to consider before setting compensation for church staff, and you're probably asking yourself questions like, are we paying too little or too much? What benefits do we offer employees? What's a reasonable housing allowance? Church Salary believes that offering competitive and fair compensation helps keep people in ministry. Using the expansive, church-specific compensation database and powerful salary calculator tool, you can also make better compensation decisions so your staff can focus on their ministries. Start with Church Salary's annual membership today to run unlimited customized reports and get access to our member-only content. Ready to start making better compensation decisions? Get started at churchsalary.com. What about other times, brother? Like, yeah. So not just preaching, but what are some other aspects of ministry? I mentioned Mondays. I think, you know, that's kind of the cliche for pastors is, you know, a lot of guys take Mondays off for that reason. But for those of us who worked them, you know, Mondays were those not feeling it kind of days. I've heard one pastor call it milk truck Monday because it's the day he dreamed about. Gosh, I I wish I was just driving a milk truck somewhere, you know, or or a bread truck Mondays. For me, it was cabin in the woods, being a writer guy. Mondays is what it made it be so awesome. Just yeah. be off by myself in 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 Maine, you know, writing my little novels or something. That's what I would daydream about. But there are other aspects of ministry where you have to show up and do gospel ministry when you're not exactly feeling it. What would be some examples you can think of from maybe even from your own experience? Before I was a pastor and years ago when I was just, you know, somebody who was a member of a church and I'm just showing up on Sundays and I'm, I'm having just limited connectivity with my pastor, I would look at them and I would just think, well, it, when I try to think about all the things they do, I just think, man, they're called to do this. Man, they've given their life to people and to the ministry of the word. And they just, man, they just love it all, right? And it wasn't until God started pulling me into ministry and I started receiving some like mentoring from pastors what I realized was that they love doing some of the things that comes <laughs> right. with pastoring and they don't enjoy other things. And it's just because it's, it's how God has gifted them. It's how they're wired. So for some, you know, some guys, man, they just loved counseling. They love doing that one-on-one discipleship time, but man, you ask them to go up and preach and they're like, man, I'll do it twice, three times, four times a year. But man, that's, that's, don't make me go up there every week. That's, that's not my role. And then for somebody else, it would be the opposite. So I think what I've come to realize about myself, and this is where I think it's important, this is why it's important to have compassion on yourself as a pastor, is that God is going to give you a desire to do certain things over and above other things. I think for me, I think some of the things that I've had to really, and again, nobody would say they like to do this, although I've met some people who like to do this, is I really struggle when I know I have to have meetings that are potentially filled with conflict and confrontation. And those are things where, you know, when you have to say, hey, you know, I'd love to get a cup of coffee with you and you, you know what's coming. You know, you, you might need to ask them some questions about some behavior that, that you're seeing or, or, or something just feels off. And that would be something that I, I don't know that I'm ever feeling that. I don't know yeah. that I'm ever waking up in the morning and go, man, I'm just so pumped. I get to get in there. I get to have all this potential conflict with this person. Now, I've known people that just, man, they're so good at it. It's not a thing for them. You know, they didn't lose a minute of sleep the night before. God has built them to do that. I think for me, it's just those kind of moments, they strip me of my energy and, and my desire and, and my 
my ability to even want to live anymore. See how, dr- <laughs> see how dramatic I am as an Enneagram 4. That's pretty. Um, yes, yeah. This is hilarious because on a previous episode, I said you were a big Enneagram guy and you got so offended. <laughs> and now I see it's because you're an Enneagram guy that you got offended, that you're a deep feeler about it. Because now you've referenced it twice. I have referenced it twice. In, I know. In this, in this episode. There's going to be so okay, many so, offended people too. It's yeah, great. yeah. You know, for me, when I think about it, what were the times where I wasn't feeling it? It wasn't even necessarily, what comes to mind is not necessarily times where I felt low. Okay. Right? So that's not feeling the, you know, the passion or the high, but you're feeling something. It's just the times where I'm not feeling, period. Like kind of what you just described of just, yeah. I don't have the energy. I don't, I, you just kind of at neutral and you're like, man, I, I, I got to serve. I got to do, and I'm not feeling anything. And there's a couple of times that come to mind. One was very routine. It was pretty much every Sunday from the fall into the spring at my last church where we had these big potlucks. We called it uh, Soup Sunday. And yeah, it ran the weekend after Thanksgiving all the way to Easter time. Mm. And we would go in to the fellowship hall. The church service was long. We had like a two-hour long church service. Of course, I'm there. Like I'm one of the first people in the building anyway. And I'm running the service. I'm preaching. And I'm just exhausted. Yeah. And then I've got to go into this bustling, crowded. It was always amazing. What what kind of picked me up was that people wanted to stay. Like people actually came to this church on Sunday morning and spent six hours of like half their Sunday. They wanted to be with each other. They so that actually was, wanted you know, to go to church. They Imagine actually that. wanted to go to church yeah. and they wanted to hang out afterwards for another hour and a half after a long service. That would be kind of a you know, an uplift for me, but I just, as an introvert, right. So here's my personality type coming out. You know, I like being with people, but it costs me yeah, for something sure. to be with people. It's taxing. A liability. So yeah. I, I'm exhausted from everything I'm, I've done Sunday morning. And then I got to go walk into this where I'm the pastor into this crowded room where people are eating and they want a fellowship and I've got to, I got to make the rounds or whatever it is. And I have got, I've got nothing in the tank. I, I'm like at my worst, but I have to be at my best those were a recurring moment for me of, I mean, you just, you just have to trust that the Lord is going to yeah help you make eye contact and help you smile on the right, right. time. Yeah. And, All those um, little things, right. It's a lot yeah. of little details that, that a lot of people don't think about that where you, right. you have to be on, right. You have to be on. Exactly. And, and the desire was there. That's the thing. It wasn't like I didn't want to do it. I just didn't have the energy to do it. Like I, I, I wasn't feeling it. And so you just would push through. But the other time, and maybe you resonate with this, it's, it, it's somewhat similar to your meeting example that you used, was in certain counseling situations, especially yeah. if you've been meeting with somebody over you know, over a period of time. Yeah. And it's the same it's the same issue every every time you meet. Like, nobody gets any new problems. It's, it's always <laughs> the same. <laughs> nobody gets any new sin. It's always the same. You know? And you feel like a broken record in what you're saying. You're saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, you want to try a new sin? Maybe we have something different to talk about. <laughs> Boy, that's great pastoring, Jared. Yeah, that's, no, I, I, I never said guys, that. Guys, here's an idea. Something new. That's, something. that's where my brain would go. But yeah, you have your umpteenth meeting yeah. with somebody who's telling the same story for the umpteenth time. I'm sounding very cynical and pessimistic about it. It's just human nature. I have the same struggles that I've had. And of course. We tend to be people who get in ruts, and the Lord is always dealing with us in certain areas. But yeah, there were times where I would show up and just think, I've I've said everything I know to say. Yeah. I've pointed you to all the the places I've I've known to point. I, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And if I gotta meet with this guy again for another hour, 
on week 12 of the same issue. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's in those moments, I think, as you alluded to, it's in those moments, you just kind of have to throw yourself at the mercy of the Lord and you say, do. you have to do something here because I'm, I'm tapped out. I don't have it. I'm going to meet. I'm going to talk. But I'm just not feeling it. I'm not emotionally. I'm not f- feeling his yeah. hurt the same way I did 12 weeks ago. It's a shame, but it's the truth. And in terms of the knowledge that I might have, things that I might say, I feel like I'm a broken record saying the same yeah, thing. So, sure. Lord, like you, you have to do something here. I really need you to minister to both of us in this moment. And that's really the key, isn't it? Right. In the moments where you're not feeling it, those are the moments where you are most trusting that God is working in spite of you, that yeah, the Holy amen. Spirit is is real and true and really is powerful. And that's so good, man, because we talk about 2020 and we're talking about guys staying in front of their phones and cameras, having to preach <laughs> to nobody because they're recording their, their sermon or they're standing in front of a live stream where nobody's in the seats, nobody's in the pews, but they're having to sort of muster up some kind of an, of an energy that feels like faux energy. It feels fake. And then um, all these Zoom calls where you see the, the tiredness and you see the fatigue in people who are sitting in uncomfortable places looking at tiny screens. You're doing the same thing. And so we, we've come to this place where I think we could really say that about most of the things we're doing, which is that it's very hard to feel this based on the circumstances that are surrounding how we have to do it. How would we encourage our brothers and, uh, and, and our sisters too, anybody that's in a ministry role that is just having to go through the motions right now to continue doing what they're doing. But man, it is just not there in terms of our feelings and our emotions. What do we say? How does the Lord, how does the Lord reach in at those moments and actually do maybe even a more unique work than he would have done had we been able to maybe rely a little too deeply on our feelings and our emotions to sort of be the thing that drives us and gets us through typically. Yeah, I mean, it's a reminder of of why we're in this thing to begin with. Yeah, you know, I mean, in the faith to begin with, much yeah. less in 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 ministry. Our faith is not contingent on how we feel. Our salvation is not contingent on how we feel. And yeah. thank God, yeah, that that Amen. His disposition towards us isn't based on whether we're feeling it or not. It's it's based on His grace and His His disposition towards us, His foreordained love for us. So. That's a, a miracle, I think, to hold on to and, and to remember that the conviction and the union with Christ that we have is not based on the strength of our faith or or the quality of our emotions, but it's based on what Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago, which is historical, unmovable, irrevocable. That reality is such a you know sustaining and, and stabilizing, Reality. So I think there's that, and I also just think in in the midst of either low moments or just I just feel neutral, like I feel nothing, neither low nor high. I'm just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, it's a good gut check moment because it's in those moments that you determine whether your call to ministry or your conviction in in ministry is based on some kind of pleasure. Or is it based on real conviction yeah. that this is the truth yeah, yeah. and and the Lord's word needs to get out there and the feelings will come, right? And so I'm not going to base any decision that I, 
you know, I'm going to make on how I'm feeling in any given moment. We certainly wouldn't counsel any of our flocks that way. Absolutely. We wouldn't say, well, if you're not feeling it, why don't you go ahead and get divorced? We wouldn't say things like that. So right. we need to give that counsel to ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. It's good. That's good, man. That's good advice. And I think once again, I think, you know, there's a theme since we started this podcast in the sense that we started this thing in 2020, we started this thing during a pandemic. And so thematically, we always have this, we sort of have this road that we're, we continue to travel down, which is God is doing something unique in us during this time that we just can't see the end of, but we know that he is, he's growing us just in our affection for him, in our trust that he has this, in our lack of ability in the things that we maybe were overconfident in before, he's removed that so that we can lead our people in the kind of weakness that Paul talks about, which is a far more effective way of pastoring. It just doesn't always feel great, right? That's right. That's a good word as well, brother. I've been speaking with Ronnie Martin. My name is Jared Wilson. Thank you for listening to the Art of Pastoring podcast. If you're liking the show, please take a minute and give us a rating and review in iTunes. It helps other people find us. You can find Ronnie and me on Twitter at, at Ronnie J. Martin and at Jared C. Wilson. Feel free to hit us up with questions and potential topics for the show. We'd love to hear from you. The Art of Pastoring is a production of Christianity Today. It's produced by Mike Cosper, editing by Mike Cosper and Aaron Leslie, mixing by Aaron Leslie. Our theme song is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah by Jeremy Casella. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.